When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's the pride of Fairbury, an average Joe. Bill Dolman, the professor. I had a 6 ACT in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating. Now with Hale Varsity Radio. Pride of Fairbury is here. It's Bill Dolman at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Hour two with Hale Varsity. Powered by Cornhead Logger. Billy D, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Do you have a tree in the corner, or are you just, uh, well, are you going, uh, like, what were the, the neighbors with Griswold? Uh, Todd and, and what, you know. Um, Margo. Margo, thank you. Todd and Margo. Todd and Margo in, in your office, dude. Um, I got a coffee pot. Okay, that's yeah. it. That's about as festive as it gets around here when you are a slave to the grade, and you've got to, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, try to keep, students in line and i think i i you know look i don't want to i don't want to violate any laws here okay but i'm gonna say it anyway connor is an above average student really surprisingly yeah so i'm just tired of grade yeah tell us what's his grade (laughs) i will say bill did make up for not giving me that stupid point on that one quiz Big time last night, so that was cool. So thank you, Bill, for that. You're, that, you're, that was yeah. about a six percent difference. So I appreciate you greatly for that. We do have pressing questions uh, from Lloyd in the in the stream. Uh, the did, simple did, answer did, to that: No. Did Herb's toot, or why was he fanning the door? It is freaking ninety <laughs> degrees in here in the middle of December. Is why I'm fanning the freaking door. Hey, well, hold on. You're Lloyd, the one who to wear all... shorts, and you're wearing a, a Bronco zip-up hoodie right now. Yeah, I mean, he didn't, take your he, own advice. He, he, didn't, he didn't lose a bet. He's a donkey fan. Uh, Lloyd Christmas also is, is calling D out for the grade. Um, Bill? I, I think w- that was a smiley face. Okay. Uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, it says it's, equal it's, It is both a smiley face and Connor Clark's grade. Perhaps. <laughs> uh, well, we, we would have a problem if that was true. Bill, let's go back to the grading criteria here. Memorial Stadium is lit up. It's kind of a gray, dreary day, so all the lights around 10th and Vine uh, are uh, even that more illuminating. So, big weekend. Riola's here uh, and uh, some other dudes that they're looking at. Brandon Baker's in Austin. We just... Heard that from Greg Smith, so no left tackle has made a uh, last-minute visit. All things being equal, though, we were starting off the show talking about comfort, comfort and family uh, with with Nebraska football and Riola. Uh, kid's skilled, he's talented, and the uh, rodeo that you know about recruiting, you, you've seen this before, Uh even you know, thirty years ago with with Tommy Frazier. I mean, you gotta you gotta be on on point if you're Nebraska. That that's obvious, but it still goes. It still needs to be said uh, this weekend. Well, first of all, uh, going back to Greg Smith, is he just like on 
flying planes to see if recruits are on them. Is that all he's doing this week? Because wasn't he on one from well, Chicago he, and saw the McCord kid, and they, now he's yeah, yeah, he's I, just flying around seeing if people are on planes. And, and to Greg's credit, he's like, "No, I'm keeping the window seat." <laughs> <laughs> uh, cr- crazy times, uh, and and I'm not sure if Memorial Stadium is illuminated or if the if the sunshine is uh, is upon it, but. Uh, <laughs> Well I think, uh, you know, I, I I think Nebraska, sure, uh, with this visit, uh, needs to be on point, okay, uh, and not make not make mistakes, which I don't think that they will do. But I, I think that Nebraska has been on point with the Rayolas for years. And, uh, I mean, when, when Dominic made the decision to come to Nebraska back in the 1990s, there was something that this state did, uh, the character, the people, the program, everything that made an impression upon him back then to leave Hawaii and to come to the middle of the country. You remember Fiona Nepo was on campus as Nebraska's uh, national championship center. And uh, Dominic came here with uh, Tony Finotti, who was around, Tony Tata. I think there was another player that came from Hawaii. But I, I go back. I go back in time because I think that the experience that Fiona had, the uh, the experience that Dominic had, left a lasting impression upon him and his family. And so, yeah, Nebraska needs to, to do a good job recruiting, but I think when it comes down to it, you know, this is a very tight-knit family. And I think that as much as Dominic wants his son to make a, a, a very wise decision on his own, there, there is still very much a warm blanket in the Rayola family uh, in regards to how Nebraska makes them feel, and so you know maybe he would, maybe Dom or uh, Dylan was is making a decision between Nebraska and Georgia and maybe somebody else. Uh, I doubt that, but I think that Nebraska has meant something to the Rayolas collectively for a long, long time. I don't think it's because, well, they just gave Donnie a new contract. I think Donnie earned the contract. Um, and I think he's happy here. Uh, I, I think this is home, and I think it's a big deal. So, yeah, does Nebraska need to be on message and do all the right things and and, and make them feel like a very um, uh, highly touted and beloved recruit? But I think in the long run, what's going to win out if, if Dylan Raiola comes to Nebraska is that this is – this is home and has been in their hearts for, for decades. Bill, what is it about Lincoln, Nebraska? You're a native son from Fairbury, as the, the intro says, but you're a guy who moved across the country. Now you find yourself back in Lincoln. I mean, we've seen it with other guys. Kenny Bell is a guy that was originally from Colorado. He ends up in Nebraska. Adrian Martinez had some rough years at Nebraska. Goes off to K-State, but where does he find himself after graduation? Lincoln, Nebraska. You talk about the Riles. It seems to be a very common story. What is it about Lincoln and what is it about the University of Nebraska, in your opinion, that makes it feel like home to so many people? I don't think it's just Lincoln. I, I think it's the, the character of the state that, you know, when, when they do come to Nebraska, I don't think everybody, uh, you know, from outside just stays within the confines of Lincoln or maybe goes up to Omaha. I think that there are times when those players actually do get an opportunity to, to go out to Grand Island or to Kearney or Scotts Bluff or someplace and they get to experience a, a really nice pace of life that they may have never experienced before on the Big Island or in Los Angeles or Miami or wherever it might be, that when they come to Nebraska and, you know, they 
and go back. They get to experience the character of the program under Tom Osborne, which still has relevance even to this day with Matt Rule. Um, but when they get a chance to, to meet players who have walked on from small towns or scholarship players from around the area, and it's like, hey, why don't you come home and hang out with me out in Shickley or Fairbury or Valentine or whatever, go hunting. You know, ride a tractor for the first time. I remember when we were on, uh, when I was doing the Osborne show, we did a deal where we had players would go, you know, kind of an odd couple type thing, go out and hang out with a teammate. We did one with Brian Shaw, who was a linebacker from, I think, Sandy Creek, if I remember correctly. Tony Ortiz. And, yeah. and Tony Ortiz from from New York. And, <laughs> and Tony went out and hung out with Brian Shaw. And, yeah, it was kind of funny, but those guys were very much brothers. You know, and Tony was welcomed on the farm and welcomed downtown. And, you know, there are different cultures that, you know, get a chance to meet people. And I think that they, once it kind of wears off that, you know, people are saying hi, why? They understand that, you know what, there is something to this Nebraska nice thing. And maybe it's not for everybody. But I I do think that when when they get here and they have the chance to experience it, that the character of the state, the honesty of the people, you know, there are certainly fringes that take it too far and that, you know, are, are too much on the keyboard warrior side. But I think people have just genuinely come here and feel like, you know what, I, I feel like I'm being embraced by people who really mean it. And, you know, there's a video that's going out today with, you know, the pit volleyball players getting a, an ovation by the Nebraska fans down in Tampa. And I think that was after the match. And maybe that was, a you know, hey, thanks for playing. Um, or maybe it was before. I don't know. But that's the kind of people that Nebraskans are, I think, in general. And I think Nebraska athletes athletes of all sports tend to feel that, and they like coming here, and they like staying here, and they want to come back here. Well, Bill, it kind of feels like Matt Rule is embodying what you just described, too, because we were talking in the first hour about he's almost recruiting by example, and he preaches you know, the family-oriented atmosphere, not only the program, but just – how the guys on the team and, and whoever works within the program acts on a day-to-day basis. So would you say recruiting by example is an accurate phrase to describe what Matt Rule has been doing over this offseason in the first three or so weeks? Yeah, I think that's uh, that, that's accurate. I think, you know, he has, he has done a great job over the last year, I think, of acclimating himself to Nebraskans and for allowing Nebraskans to, you know, acclimate themselves to him. I think he's embraced it. I, I think that he's been surprised. He said it, um, you know, on the on the McAfee interview earlier this week that you know when he came out here, he has that impression like everybody else. Well, there's just a bunch of cornfields in a football stadium. Well, if you go out far enough, yeah, maybe that's true. <laughs> but you know, Lincoln's a great city. I tell people all the time around the country, I'd put Lincoln and Omaha collectively up with Indianapolis, Oklahoma City, Kansas City. You know, some Albuquerque places, you know, that are considered metro areas or bigger, bigger areas. I think I think what we have to offer here is pretty spectacular, but also the people. And I, I think Matt Rule has done a great job of really understanding, uh, you know, this place is pretty genuine. And I think he sells that pretty well. And the Riolas already know that. And other recruits are probably finding that out as well. Bill, let's spend a minute on the the, the task at hand. And we've touched on it this week, but the the level of of a player you're going to get in that quarterback room if things go the, the right way for Nebraska. Well, it's certainly going to be a different room, that's for sure. Uh, with the whole McCord, I mean, the last week has been, just been crazy with uh, the McCord stuff, and then you know Levitt and uh, all the other players that have been named. But if you bring in a generational player 
like like Dylan Rayola. We've all been watching the videos. Uh, it's it is he's a special player, and I think that you know as much hype as Arch Manning got for the two or three years of his recruitment, and justifiably so. Um, I think that Nebraska is getting a player at least on par with what Texas got in Arch Manning. He carries the Manning name, which is the first family of football. But I, I cannot remember a quarterback other than him getting this kind of attention and having everybody, you know, universally say, this is just a, a special, special player. It's hard to, you know, go back in time and say that Tommy Frazier was the same kind because we were just in a different era of recruiting, a different era of media availability and video. Tommy Frazier was kind of a legend that we'd heard about with some grainy highlights from, you know, uh, from what was it, Orlando, Tampa area, right? Uh, Bradenton. There it is. So with, with Dylan Rayola, we feel, we feel like we've known him for, well, since he was in seventh grade, but certainly over the last year. But for if, they, if Nebraska's to get him and then, you know, maybe, maybe Chubba Purdy sticks around. I think Heidrich Harburg is probably, you know, uh, always going to be a Husker. Um, Dylan Rayola just transforms everything with that room. There's no question about it. He's a big kid too. He is, he he is, uh, he's the real deal. Bill, get a switch to volleyball. How you feeling about Sunday, Nebraska v Texas? Well, I said the other day brilliantly on the Average Joe Sports Show that you know I thought the Arkansas matches was the perfect tune-up for Nebraska to survive and get to the uh, the national semifinals, and I thought we watched. Nebraska at times scramble and survive uh, rallies against Pitt, and I think that was as a d- direct result of of the of what they had to endure from Arkansas uh, in the regional final. Uh, Nebraska, I didn't think looked great at times, but they they looked you know beautifully ugly. Uh, you know, if you it, there was just some really scrappy, gritty volleyball, and and I think Arkansas prepared Nebraska very well to beat Pitt. They dominated Pitt. Uh, they demoralized Pitt, I think, in that third. I think that was – they just could not come back. They could go and yell in the bathroom all they want. But, uh, and who hasn't? They were not, they, <laughs> they were not going to come back and beat Nebraska in that third third game. I was stunned by uh, by what Texas did to uh, Wisconsin. And I'm not sure I, – I wonder, can Texas do that again after beating Stanford and what they did to Wisconsin? Uh, but I'm convinced Nebraska can adapt to any style – of play any system and uh i i think it's there i think it's nebraska's for the taking uh you know skinner what she she hit zero the first two sets and then dominated the third and then there on out that's gonna they're gonna need more than skinner uh to beat nebraska on sunday i think it does feel like two volleyball teams that are playing their best volleyball of the season though bill and we've seen a lot of good volleyball from this husker volleyball team all season long but it seems like from that first set against Arkansas when they got punched in the mouth a little bit, a, a, a switch was flipped. And they have been playing lights out ever since. You could say the same with Texas. I mean, that performance last night was was stupendous. I don't want to be hyperbolic by any means, but this feels like one for the ages potentially on Sunday. It could be. Um, I, I you know, Nebraska did not get a great match from Merritt Beeson and still won. Uh, they got great play from Allie Batenhorst, who was so de- – I think the turning point maybe for Nebraska – in Tampa is the the whiff on the attack and then the three consecutive plays that she made. Um, uh, you know, Harper Murray is so fantastic. Uh, Bergen Riley, I said this weeks ago, is the best setter in Nebraska history. Mm. As a freshman. And I still, and I believe, and I think Kelly Hunter's up there, but I think Bergen Riley is, 
is the best. And she's got three more years to go. Um, it's, it's special. Becca Alec is, I like the way they rally around her. This is just, this, this Nebraska team is the most important volleyball team in the history of the sport. How about that? That's, that's a fair take. I mean, they've just transformed, certainly they've, most influential. They've transformed this sport this season. I think there are a couple of other teams you could say that about other sports. Oklahoma softball a couple of years ago, I think transformed that mm-hmm. sport. I think maybe the uh, Diana Taurasi, UConn women's basketball era 20 years ago, transformed women's basketball, uh, U.S. soccer team in 99. But what Nebraska has meant to the sport of volleyball this year is the most important as it turns its chapter. Uh, it's, it's spectacular. Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports at Bill I'm right about that, by the way. You are. We will see you later, Billy D. Thanks for jumping on. All right. Congratulations, Connor. Hey, thanks. (laughs)